Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. I know you guys. You're the guys from the Apple Keynote, right? That's us. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you those guys? That's right. Look we at the three of in. us all been in keynotes. Big keynote <laughs> boys over here. <laughs> so can you tell uh-huh. this story a little bit? Like what happened here? Yeah, it was the most recent Apple September event where they announced mm-hmm. the new iPhone 11, iPhones 11. And, uh, as they do, they had like, you know, a third party folks come on stage to present various things that take advantage of the hardware. Uh, a company called Filmic Pro, they make a cool mm-hmm. video recording app for those that don't know. Uh, it's kind of like which the- is getting so much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> now, with the new phones coming soon. Right. Very impressive. Yeah. So, demo. so they were demoing something where it's basically you can kind of record from every camera, including the front camera, simultaneously. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like, multi-camera recording at the same time which i think could be quite useful in some situations but anyways i basically blacked out during that entire uh, segment (laughs) the first time it was on because i saw that they were using the glyph to hold the iphone up and so i was like oh is that a glyph and i just like every shot i was like wait i think that's a glyph and it kept cutting and um it was really cool it was a total surprise like they did not tell us that that was going to happen like we had no idea um so that was well, no, really cool i guess there's this interesting thing where to them like to filmic the glyph is just a part of their setup right, right? Yeah. or like to this filmmaker who they hired right that for them it's just like well this is part of what i use to shoot film mm-hmm. yeah or apple said to them is this like you don't know? Unlikely. Right? Unlikely. Yeah. Well, unlikely. you don't. Um, I don't know. The little I know about these things, Apple were definitely involved in this whole thing being set up. They would not allow for this kind of thing to be produced without them knowing every tiny, minute yeah. little detail. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Well, that's cool. When you when you make a a doohickey that's useful. You hope it's useful to people. I found it very useful in uh, doing some crazy night mode photos. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the that's. It's always great when it's like, oh great, there's like another use for the glyph or something, you know, like night mode stuff or even like star, you know, like uh, like nights, like really like long exposure stuff. That um, mm-hmm. that's all fun. That's cool. Well, because it, I mean, with the glyph now, it's like it does have that additional thing where. I mean, I know you could always use these pro apps to do the long exposure stuff, but most people don't understand how to do that, and it's complicated. Yeah. But now, like, there is a feature built into the camera app, which the Glyph can help you with make better shots of. Because if yep. you're on a stabilized tripod or whatever, you can open the the, the exposure for like 29 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? so that's cool. I mean, that's it's uh, that's cool. It's. It's nice that we have that thing. Sometimes I forget it exists. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not actually surprised about that because it's like, 
so much has happened, you know, like Glyph was product number one, and I know you've revamped it a bunch, but like the stuff you've been making recently is so far removed yeah, yeah, yeah. in idea from the Glyph, right? Like it's like paper stuff and pen stuff and charge yeah. and yeah, like it's all changed again. Yeah. Uh, that it is kind of funny. You've still got that little guy kicking around yeah. doing yeah. his thing. Doing his thing. So that it's a new one, though, right? Like that most recent one with, that you did, with the, like the most recent glyph that is expandable. Mm-hmm. That was a, that's just a fantastic product. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Right. Thanks. The, Thanks. Just coming up with that system, because now, like, I I don't have to think to myself, oh, do I need a new one mm-hmm. every yeah, time? Yeah, no, it's just mm-hmm. done. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's right? what's like, great for us too. It's you done. nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's done, it's done mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it, that product is is feature complete at this point. I would yeah. expect. Yeah, I remember we had kind of a, a come to Jesus moment where we were kind of we were on the third revision of the glyph and we were like we could make this better. Like we know how to make this more or less kind of like a final version where it's like okay, this is what it is that it needs to be. Um and so if we don't do that, then that basically just means okay, we're kind of like giving up on the glyph or we're like moving away from the glyph, which we could have done. That could have been a decision we made, but we were like, no, let's like kind of dig our feet in and do, you know, one last version, uh, which was a very long design process, but I'm glad we did because it feels good to be like, okay, we're more or less like done with this product now. We can just sell <laughs> Fast it. forward a couple yeah. of years and we're like, we're redoing the glyph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? No, but like it also, it stops you from needing to be that company that like you see all the time. So we've designed this great product for to, to works of Apple products. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's shipped, it doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, yeah, no. Right? That was like, really fun to get out of that time. race. Yeah, yes. That was good. Yeah, yeah. No, very good. I mean, you don't have to like pay somebody somebody in China a bunch of money under a table to get your hands on some measurements, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you have to we be did. The case I mean, companies. we didn't do that specifically, but we definitely like were very closely following rumors for the years when we were like, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm glad we're not doing that anymore, especially no. now with the, all the phone sizes and stuff. It just would have been untenable. It's just like no good. Yeah. yeah the one so. thing that that would potentially change is like the depth right like because that's a fixed thing in yeah. the product but you can feel pretty confident that phones are not going to get significantly thicker at this point no right? like, well and the range it works with like the really thick like OtterBox cases and stuff so yeah i mean it, it, there's no there it will work and there's no <laughs> yeah it would have to become like that energizer phone that was just a huge battery <laughs> you know i was thinking of that exact thing just as i was saying it i was like well <laughs> Except for the Energizer phone, yeah, but that, that actually doesn't exist. That that was like a. It may as well have been a joke. But, yeah. Uh, it that, that I don't think that anybody's ever selling that thing. Yeah. Also, no tripod in the world could hold that phone. <laughs> it, would, it would just immediately fall down. <laughs> but that's really cool, though. Congratulations! It's a nice feeling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, the I had an, another similar feeling last night. I was watching uh, that show Abstract on Netflix. Have you watched that show, Mike? Do you know what I'm mm, talking about? Don't think so. It's like a Netflix original, and it's based. The easiest way to describe it is Chef's Table with designers instead of chefs. So every episode just focuses on oh. one person and just discusses TV show. Yeah, it's great. Discusses their. Uh, practice um i haven't seen all the episodes this season uh there's a really good one on uh jonathan heffler the type designer uh i thought that was a really good episode but uh 
last night I was watching the Ian Spalter episode who he's the head designer of Instagram and uh he is a panabook user so there were like a few shots of oh, him working awesome. like in the office and stuff using his panabook and I was like this is awesome so that was cool too well I'm sure it's the Instagram it's the Instagram panabook yeah sure. it might be Instagram a book yeah because yeah. you made a I don't know if you ever spoke about this but you've made them for them right yeah is yeah right? they have like a custom they just have like a logo and like a custom insert thing for their design team so that that was cool but oh, yeah that nice. show's awesome it's a, I haven't it's seen a, it. I'll have to watch it. Maybe yeah. maybe we could talk about it later on. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good it's like a good uh good all around. It feels like a Helvetica type, you know, it's like well produced and it's it's good. Oh, they have a Tinker Hatfield episode? I definitely want to watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. This is going on my list. This is going on my list. <laughs> so uh how's things going with the Apollo? Well, Mike, that was 50 years ago. I, it went well. Yeah, uh, well, well. <laughs> oh, you're so uh, funny. I bet those jokes never get told at the HQ, do they? Um, it got going, moving along. We uh, we got back our, the, like, samples of the different, like, polishing techniques and stuff for the body that the manufacturer did. Um, and so we are decided on that. Um, do you want to talk about that a little, Tom? Just like what we were considering yeah. and trying. So, you know, the body, the, the main wall, well, it's all very shiny. Right. And we haven't made parts out of stainless steel that are like real shiny. And so we were just looking at different ways of making it really shiny. And, you know, the obvious way is just to, to polish it manually. Just like throw a bunch of glitter at it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's, and that's <laughs> glue and glitter is obviously <laughs> You'd the, be surprised. the default what we ended up doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, like, manually polish it where, you know, it's spin and there's, like, different grids of, like, sandpaper or emery paper and then polishing compound or whatever. It's, like, manually done. And then you can like machine something and have it nickel plated. And most things you see in the world that are shiny are nickel plated. You know, there are some metal, usually brass or something, and then they're nickel plated and the nickel plating like fills in all the kind of imperfections from the machining and makes it more like an even surface. And so it's shiny. And mm-hmm. then, um, but we tried also like chemically polishing the steel uh, to see how that worked. And then we tried chemical polishing and then nickel plating. And then we tried polishing and then nickel plating and all these different options. Um, but we just settled on just doing just like manual polishing. Um, mostly because we just avoid any potential problems with nickel plating because, you mm-hmm. know, nickel plating is another process and things can go wrong or there can be little imperfections. And in re- and, and honestly, I was surprised the difference between like a polished and then a polished and nickel plating it's not way different or better or anything so um we're just going to do straight polished uh stainless steel the only tricky thing is because we want really crisp chamfers on the end and like on the tip uh like we want like a really crisp edge you know because this pin is so featureless basically it's like this you know cylinder with like a radius near the tip and then there's like a chamfer at the end. We want that chamfer to be crisp. And if you like machine the chamfer and then polish it, the polishing will round it all off and it just looks like rounded over. And so we're actually polishing the pins and then at the end, putting that chamfer on and then making the tip, like cutting the tip square. And so we have these like crisp edges, even though the rest of it's polished. So that's kind of like a 
you know, a weird thing to do, but, um, you know, it's totally fine. They're doing it. And the same with the knock where the knock is polished, but then they put the champer on the knock, like after the fact to make it um, Mm. crisp. So, but all that is, uh, so that's all good. And then we did, um, some tests for how deep the, like the logo engraving is with the laser. Um, and we, we think we know the one we want, but we need to really see it with the PVD on it to really tell. And so we're going to do that test to like finally decide, but we can kind of push that decision down the road a little bit. Cause that happens like after they're machined and polished and everything. Um, so yeah, so the, so the, so the body and the knock, which are the stainless steel parts we're we're honing in on, um, you know, having those approved for, um, production, um, cause we just want to make sure all the tolerances are like perfect and everything. Cause, we, cause you know, with the Mark one, they're like a the normal Mark one that's aluminum, it's nickel plated. And so the, the, all the tolerances are a little bit different. And so, you know, we had to kind of re jigger that stuff. So anyway, so that's on its way. And then we also, we, but we already ordered the kind of mechanism parts, the production parts. And those are, I think arriving maybe today or tomorrow, like all the production parts yeah. for that. Um, and so that's good so that we, have those kind of waiting in the wings and we're gonna we're actually gonna send we're gonna we're trying a new plating process on those um and so we're gonna send them to a plater in the u.s this time that does a special uh like teflon infused nickel plating opposed Mm -hmm. to just normal nickel plating um so that it's like lower friction and stuff so that will be uh exciting to get those back and see that goes so we're on our way certainly it's always interesting to me how how many materials get combined <laughs> right like <laughs> oh you just put teflon in the nickel and then you plate with that and then so like i don't know what so the nickel doesn't stick like what does the teflon do I, well, I don't the teflon, so um it reduces friction basically it provides lubricity so like teflon like if you have like a teflon plant pan right where the way teflon works is uh are, are in nickel is there's like little bits of Teflon that are trapped in the nickel plating. So as the nickel plating like wears away slowly, uh, more and more the Teflon gets exposed. And Teflon is basically like a lubricant, like a dry lubricant. Um, right. And it's not like you'll ever see it. It's not, it's like very, it's like microscopic little particles trapped in the matrix of the nickel plating. Uh, but so as you use it, it just wear the, it's like it keeps being lubricated basically as you use it. Um, and so it just is, it's just, you know, it's just lower friction basically. And so it will help with reliability. And the the goal, the hope is that, and it, who knows, but it might be that we can either eliminate or, or, or reduce the like amount of like lubricant that we have to put on the pin, like during assembly and just like it will function better in general, feel better. So that's kind of the goal with it. And we'll just see how well it does. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to predict. I mean, it should be better certainly, but it's just like, you know, how much better. So that is a, and we would carry that change on to the back to the original Mark one. So, uh, so yeah. So how are things moving along when it comes to timelines? Is everything still looking okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's easy to say that now when we don't have production <laughs> parts. <you know? laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. okay, sure, you know, we're 10% into this. So, um, you know, luckily we've, you know, because this is just like even though it's kind of completely different because we're changing the materials and like, you know, all the stuff we're talking about, is kind of all different, but 
we know what the problems likely will be, you know? So, uh, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about things and our manufacturers like made, you know, the same kind of parts before. So everyone kind of knows what to look for. Right. And so hopefully that means we'll have smooth sailing. Um, and the turnaround time on like the, the PVD process opposed to Cerakote is much faster because it's just like a machine, you put them in a machine and then they're done. So, that uh, hopefully will, you know, be quicker and stuff. So, you know, I, yeah, I still, we still feel good about our timeline, but, um, you know, talk, talk to, talk to us in a couple months. <laughs> what, <laughs> where, what's, what's happened? <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to that, Ben. I'm, I'm just really intrigued to see how it feels different to mm-hmm. the Mark one. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's my, that's the thing that I'm most excited about, like the weight, the mm-hmm. temperature. Yeah of it stuff like that mm-hmm. like how does mm-hmm. it how does it differ um and like what does it feel like to click it like because it's i assume a, everything feels a little bit more significant mm-hmm. so yeah. i'm excited about it yeah yeah no it's uh it's cool it i you know the steel is um is the, it makes it very yeah it's just nice it's nice it's like a nice weighty yeah we'll see so what else do you have going on anything else you want to talk about um well do you want to talk about theme system anything yeah okay so um i've gone into a we kind of lifted the lid a little bit uh on a more on a recent episode of cortex and Mm -hmm. spoke about numbers because i've previously been quite cagey about numbers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but we we've had our second run sell out again um and that was for 2000 notebooks Mm -hmm. Uh, the first run was 200 um Mm -hmm. i always said it was small (laughs) <laughs> it was small. Um, <laughs> we ordered 2,000. They sold out in a week, a little bit over a week. Um, it was very, it was kind of wild. That was that was a crazy couple of days that we all had. Um, when I, I think they was like, uh, Cotton Bureau were telling me at one point we were selling like 30 a minute. Um, <laughs> it all kind of... <laughs> yeah, it went it went a little bit wild for a bit because we had a large uh, like mailing list because like, at Cotton Bureau you could put your email address in you find out when there's a restock. Uh, I have built the website that I wanted to build, so the themesystem.com exists now, and you can go there and get information about kind of how the system works. And I've got an email form there as well because like when you sign up at Cotton Bureau. It sends you uh, an email the next time that there's a restock, but then you're taken off that list. It's like a one-time thing. It's not a newsletter. It's just a restock mm-hmm, notification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you are a person listening to this who wants to find out every time there's a restock and about new information, you can put your email address in at thethemesystem.com. And you can get that. Um, and so now we've made another order, uh, which and this is like... so. I have this like whole big problem that you guys know this and I think you understand where I'm coming from of like the fact that we keep selling out so fast is nice but it's not teaching me anything about the demand for the book in the long term mm-hmm. because the idea about this product is you're supposed to buy it and use it and then you get another one when you filled it up but with it selling out so fast I don't know if like people are actually using it I don't know if they like it so the idea of ordering like 10 times more again to me seems risky because I like of the 2000 people that bought it 1500 of them may have bought it and be like this isn't for me 
Mm-hmm. And so they won't rebuy. Mm-hmm. So to me, like ordering a significantly large number again seems difficult. So yeah, but mm-hmm. but see, the people who like it will tell other people. Well, that's so the hope. Be new right? people. <laughs> but that's the hope. But then the other thing is, and the other bigger thing that I have is, I am working on a revision to the design. So I don't want to order an astronomical amount of the yeah. first edition again because. Next year, at some point, hopefully not too far into the year, we will have what I will consider the actual finished product. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So then I will order a much larger amount then, so I can just have them in stock, so yeah. they don't keep. So I don't keep having the situation where I only have them in stock for a week, and then it's like twelve weeks, and then it's another week. Yeah. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. It was so funny, the, your trepidation, and then you like selling out and like almost selling out in the first day. It's like, oh, especially when I was more. hoping that these would be in stock for three months, and yeah. Yeah. we sold like half of them in the first day, and then they trickled out. Over well, the, it's over funny because so Dan and I will like you know ask my ask you know be like, hey, so like when you were talking about like how many to order, like, well, how big is the email list of people saying that they'd be interested? And you like say the number and we're like, you should order more. <laughs> like, <this isn't- laughs> but I'm so scared. It's like every time. I'm so scared. No, because it's also right. Like there's money on the line. I know. I know. We get it. I mean, we completely get it. Uh, it's hard and you know, it's, uh, it's tricky because it, it is very tricky. So, and I also no, don't want to dump like ten thousand notebooks at Cotton Bureau's front yeah. door, and then <laughs> yeah. they're sitting well, on them for a year. Yeah, that's what they do, though. You know, I mean, that, that's I what know. they do. They're a warehouse. You know, that's yeah. what they do. But 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 it still is like a you know, I I don't, and it's the same with like with, with my relationship with you. Like I don't want to be in imposition to people that I'm trying to work with, right? Like so, I yeah. don't want to take these massive gambles and it's like you know when when we do the first print of the second edition that will be larger and i'm gonna say to everyone right like i'm ordering this amount Mm -hmm. and my plan is that that's gonna be like a five or six month stock then right Mm -hmm. that will be Mm -hmm. my hope right and then we'll try and work out what that looks like but it's all like it's money and expectation and it's this is a very difficult thing and then people you know I get a lot of people saying to me like, "Oh, why don't you just put a pre-order up, right? Mm-hmm. So you know yeah. you you know exactly how many to buy." But at the moment, our timelines are still not at a place where I feel like I can say, "Yeah, when, yeah, yeah." Like, I'll put a pre-order up now, and you'll have it in ten weeks. But that it pre-order might be stuff doesn't actually even solve the problem because you you know what happens is yeah, you'll have the pre-order. There'll be a big spike when you launch the pre-order, and people will talk about it. And then, you know, it'll trickle in. But then when you actually have them for sale, you'll have this other batch and it'll spike again. And then you want to yes. have some for stock. It doesn't Exactly, because then I don't want to order just yeah. the amount that was pre-ordered because yeah. I then want to have them in stock. And as you say, right, then if I put the stock up and they all go again, then I'm back to square one with pre-ordering. Yeah. Like, what no, I want to do is just have them always for sale. But judging the... Um, the, the, the kind of interest has been very difficult mm-hmm. yeah. and it's it's like balancing what i think the demand is compared to how much money do i want to spend right yeah. so well, you know it's, it's it'll very, even out you know i think after it the next, will it 100 percent will I, I i really think that the next run will go the way that i expected this one to go mm-hmm. i reckon we'll sell half of them very quickly 
and then they'll trickle out over a couple of months. That's what I think. Okay, yeah. I would be I would be astounded if we sold out in a week again. Like yeah. it, it it wouldn't make sense to me at that point. But yeah. who knows? Well, it's wild well, though. Well. I tell you what, I'm having fun with it. It's terrifying, <laughs> but like, it's, I'm, you know, I'm I genuinely am having a lot of fun doing yeah. this. Welcome. Uh, this Welcome is what I, to the suck. <laughs> I want. <laughs> no, I want to do this right. Like, yeah. I have so many other things that I want to see if we can make. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are even just like alongside this product, but right now, my like the company that me and Gray have, Cortex Brand, is focused completely around the theme system mm-hmm. because that is like the linchpin. That's why we started the whole thing, and it has proven to be very successful, much more successful than we expected it to be so far. So I really want to make sure I have that product completely nailed down before i turn my attention to other things you know mm-hmm. yeah. like because that's i think it's always going to be the core of the company and we need that to be at a place where it is available for the people that want to buy it mm-hmm. and then i want to turn my eye to other products and mm-hmm. it's been really great to work with you two because which is it's been very useful to me <laughs> i was so lost I, well one the product wouldn't exist but two even if it did i would have no idea what i'm doing yeah. um, so it's kind of funny really that like thoroughly considered over its time it's now turned into this it reminds me of like the pen addict right where yeah. i just yeah, yeah, yeah. started talking to brad and i had like an interest in them Fast forward a couple of years later, and I'm dropping like hundreds of dollars on fountain pens. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, it's a sickness. I, I really love to think back at the uh, the impetus for creating the show and how it basically started. It was going to be like a highly produced show about <laughs> making a hey, laser cat toy for a few episodes. It was a highly produced was, show about making but, a laser uh, cat toy. Those episodes exist. <laughs> I'm glad we kept doing the podcast is what I'm saying because we could have easily been like, well, that product failed. We're not doing this podcast anymore. But uh, I'm glad we kept it going. Yeah, oh, true. I'm very glad. We probably who knows if we'd be making pins. We probably who knows who knows. Yeah. I don't think that you would have made the products that you ended up making probably, if it would be a success because you would have gone down the route of producing like more homeware type things with technology, yeah. and that would be my expectation. Yeah. Who knows, man. But now yes. look at you, pens look and at paper us. magnates over there. Look at us. We're turning into a real lifestyle company. <laughs> you just watch out. We're going to be making uh, coasters and sofas anytime soon. Uh, you just watch out. What about a sofa with a coaster in it? That would be oh, good. Yeah, Built there in. you go. Yeah. TM, TM, TM. She, she <laughs> charging. She char- <laughs> what, if, what if the entire couch is just made out of a coaster-like material so you can put your drink anywhere? With chi charging coils throughout the entire yeah, couch. yeah, that'll be really comfortable. It's like air power, but a couch. Yeah, <laughs> this is how this is how the real ideas get get worked out. It's just these environments like this. Oh, I oh man, I just thought of a ridiculous but also awesome idea. Uh, this could actually be a segue into into Dan's tech corner. Uh, yes, everything the, is. Okay, so you know how for the iPhone 11 there was uh-huh. the rumor that it was going to have the uh, charging on the back? That the bilateral you, charging. Yeah, thing. so you could charge yeah. your AirPods or, in theory, an Apple Watch, potentially. Yeah. And I, th- I heard some people mention this on various podcasts where it's like, that is perhaps not very useful when you're out and about, but it could be an awesome like hotel room charging thing where it's just like you plug your phone in and then you can also charge this other thing just on top of your Mm -hmm. phone 
So I was like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if they built a uh, Qi charger into the back of the oh. smart cover on the iPad and you could like oh, char- okay. you That's could charge what you're gonna say. Yeah, you could charge huh. like three things uh at once. So it would it would basically be like your iPad is air power. Uh where all you have to do is plug your iPad in at the hotel or whatever and then you can like put your phone, your watch and your AirPods like just on the back of it and it like hmm. becomes a charging station. I have no I idea if that you could is just put it into feasible. the power brick somehow. But yes, I hmm. that would also work. That'd be nice. Yeah, I thought that'd be cool. But it would be really limited for that one use, right? <laughs> it's like air power in hotels. But they, that was how Apple always kind of positioned that product. Is like That yeah. was how the the initial demo was like, you know what it's like when you're traveling, mm-hmm. which always seemed strange to me because I understand that somebody would take that out with them, but it didn't seem like a travel product to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. was kind of like the original pitch that Phil Schiller gave was like, you know, so you have to take all these coils with you. I, did, mm-hmm. I was in uh, Munich last weekend and I stayed in a hotel that had a metal bedside table mm-hmm. and was so happy that the Apple Watch charging puck just stuck to it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right because usually when you're traveling you just take the cable those things are just like it's just like flying around yeah. all over the place yeah i mean it's not in my wonderful material dog yeah i was gonna say you don't bring a material dog with you when you travel what is wrong <laughs> with you i've been doing that <laughs> i haven't been doing that i've been doing that no do you do that of course yeah oh yeah no i do not do that <laughs> no, of course you don't. all right go on then dance tag corner what you got uh is it well, we need the song First, dance tech corner. I thought you'd forgotten the song. Mm. <laughs> this is a quickie. This is basically dance tech corner is my uh, the place where I, if I just have stray thoughts while I'm in the shower, I need a place to dump them because I don't. You're, I don't really. You're do that blog audience. Anymore. You're a dumping ground. You're yeah. a dumping ground for ideas. I just want to spew my random ideas uh, that come into my head. Um, so, anyways. I got to thinking about uh, the Pro Display that they announced with the Mac Pro, and how mm-hmm. it's awesome and all, and also something that no one was asking for. <laughs> yes, like everyone basically, everyone wants an iMac without a computer in terms of a Pro Display. Uh, and so I was just going down the path of, well, will they do that? And if they did do that, when would they do that? It's like maybe when they do new laptops or whatever. And, and anyways, then I started going down the path of this idea of like iMac without a computer thing. And the current iMac feels like it's due for a, for an a, a industrial design upgrade. Like I think it, this, yeah, it's pretty long in the tooth at this point. Yeah. I believe this kind of thin, the, the, the razor edge style it was introduced in like 2013 or 2014 or something, maybe 2012 actually. Uh, so it's quite old. Um, and so I was saying, okay, what is the, what is the like logical next step for the iMac? And it's pretty obvious, like reduce the bezels and get rid of the chin. And wow. When the, you- so the, the aluminium design, I mean, they thinned it out, right? They mm-hmm. thinned it out. But the aluminium design first debuted in 2009. Mm. And yeah. then in 2012 was when they thinned it out. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. So, like the, like I said, the, the logical thing is remove the chin and uh, and reduce the bezels. And when you do that, 
then you just have a screen. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. basically it would make a lot of sense for me for them to update the industrial design of the iMac. And then alongside that, that is when they, they unveil a pro a non XDR or whatever they're calling it pro display that looks exactly like the iMac because it is just a screen at this point. There's no chin. Yep. Uh, and so there can be a story there of like, if you want to have two screens side by side, like they look the same or like this obviously is a perfect screen for the Mac pro a or laptop a laptop or, or whatever. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. why? Like, you know, face ID has got to come to the Mac, right? I mean, it's like got to, you know, so yeah, I uh, hope so. It seems like, yeah, why wouldn't it? I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, I, so, I think it has to because they, they, you know, yeah. they never they made an option for Touch ID for anything other than the laptops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. they right. got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, Face ID will work the best on a Mac <laughs> uh, because you're always standing in front of it and you're always looking at it, like when you wake well, it up. So they would have to make changes to it because the current system cannot recognize you from that far like from the typical yeah distance, i think they'll have to tweet you know? yeah they yeah. just change the lens though yeah they didn't yeah. Get totally yeah. yeah yeah that seems plausible dan i think that's uh i endorse that that seems all very plausible to me that would be cool i wonder when though yeah i bet a couple I when years do this. i think uh, yeah i don't think we're gonna see a new industrial design iMac this year no maybe next no. year no yeah I mean, a couple years maybe seems like they're they're turning their gaze to, I mean, I'm sure they've already turned their gaze, but you know, it makes sense that. Yeah, and that I wonder what longer. like like how beefy the inside of the uh, Pro Display XDR is. Like, I I want to see iFixit pull that thing apart. I want to I want to <laughs> see what's inside there. There's fans in there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just wonder like what what is going on in there. Like yeah. that that thing seems pretty wild. <laughs> it's with all the holes, all the horrific holes. <laughs> <laughs> horrific. Um, do you not? Yeah, I'm sure we've spoken about this. I don't like it. I don't like the holes in the in the monitor and the um in the Mac Pro. That oh, you don't like the like 3D mm, gritty mesh thing. Don't like it. No, mm. freaks me I out. Think, yeah, bit. I had a. I don't think we talked about this on the show. I had a a pleasant reaction to it, but my reaction to it wasn't. I like the way this looks. It was. Oh, I'm glad this is ugly because it means they're privileging the right thing, which is 100%. like thermal yeah, capacity. I, I am pleased and, it, you know. it is the form factor that it is because yeah. it, it means that they are most likely doing what people need. But the design, the aesthetic design, is not mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well, I very, think uh, the like... previous Mac Pro was beautiful. I do not mm-hmm. like the way the current one looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The current one is so utilitarian. You know, I mean, it's like, it's a nerdy thing, but, you know, the way those holes, I'm I, I'm assuming, are made is very, like, efficient. It's just like mm-hmm. a bull nose, you know, or like a full round end mill. And so it's, yeah, you know, I think from a, you know, a, a heady, like, design point of view, it's, like, just very uh, utilitarian, straightforward, like, you know, you know, aesthetic and i think you know that's like a nice statement i think it's like nice it's not so like glossy and like uh you know i think it's like you know it's it is it is the admission which apple needs to make and they need to make on some other products too that design of computers does not always have to lean towards aesthetic right that sometimes the design of a computer needs to focus on utility 
Well, but that thing is like so fussed over in an aesthetic point of view. I think it's just like they're not privileging space <laughs> as much, okay. you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not privileging like oh, you know, obviously if it has has handles on it, you know, I mean, it's like they're privileging mm-hmm. like just usability and like the context of like wires being everywhere and like mm-hmm. a, a, an office space. And I think you know, I think that's a good, honest move rather than the trash can things that are just like weirdly placed like that trash can thing like think about it the trash can and the home pot are like very similarly intentioned for the design and it's like one is sitting on your like domestic like cabinet or you know like in your living room and yeah. one sitting at your like pro office they're like so different <laughs> obviously their wires were crossed with the with the trash can mac pro and so it makes sense I had to me not, that it's until you just said that considered the design similarity between the Mac they're like and the, the same pod. thing i mean obviously I've it's never fabric thought whatever. of it but like yeah it's covered in it's covered in home automation fabric like <laughs> yeah. all of these products are yeah right like i don't understand why every smart home product has this fabric on it it's because like, it's, it's an awesome so solution it's an awesome solution to hide grills you know all I mean, of the echoes now have this fabric on them yeah. everything's hide covered grill, in fabric. hide those grills we don't want those injection molded plastic grills in our face Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 54.